Hello and welcome to season two of Cows Not Cow, how to make your networking really work. And this time, the herd is heard. I'm Joe Mellis. Joining me as always, our networking aficionado, king of the coffee stations, in-person events, and oracle of the occasional online version, Andrew Smith. Hi, Andrew. Hi, John. Good to see you again. How are you? And you. I'm good. Thank you. Season one, we went through the uh, the various stages of a theoretical networking event. Uh, the before, during, after, and ever after. And you give out loads of tips and hints to help guide novice or maybe even returning networkers who are trying to get up to speed again. This is more of a practical season where we, we meet actual people as our guests, all of whom are at varying stages in their networking. So far, we've met Siobhan Jaffrey, Phil Anderson, and Darren Agassel. Today, slightly different because I think this is the first time this season we've spoken to someone who isn't here in a capacity as a business owner. Uh, Richard Corrigan works for Elevator, and we welcome him in just a second. After I try once more to delve into the dim, dark, distant, dusty, recesses of Andrew's brain and ask, do you remember where your networking paths first crossed with Richards? Yes. On this occasion, I do. <laughs> we were networking an event at the Copthorne Hotel. At the time, Richard was working as sales manager uh, for a nightclub. It was called Lion Lion or, some, or something <laughs> like that. Cheetah Cheetah, something like that. That bit will come back to me. Mm. And that was when we, we first met. Mm-hmm. Last memorable. Welcome, Richard. Um, before we get on to your past and how you started your, your networking journey, tell us about your current job, who you work for, what you do. Okay. Uh, morning, everyone. Good afternoon or good evening, depending on what time you're listening to this. And <laughs> uh, you see, yes, yeah, so I work for a company called Elevator. Uh, we're a social enterprise based in Aberdeen. Um, and we sort of help businesses do business better. Um, we're probably most known in Scotland for delivering business gateway services. Uh, they're sort of services that are, I suppose, paid for really by Scottish government, but uh, allocated really through um, the local uh, councils, and they decide how best to deliver them. So in Aberdeen, Dundee, Perth, Kinross, and also in Lanarkshire, it's Elevator that deliver that. Uh, but I work for a slightly different part of Elevator, so my job really is twofold. I work with schools, universities, and colleges promoting entrepreneurship, networking as well as part of that. And I also work uh, on um, accelerator programs. So taking people whose businesses, they want to kickstart them, or maybe they've been doing business for a while, but they've decided they want to do something a little bit different and don't really know which direction to go. My job is to sort of help them, push them along and help them to get to where they sort of need to be faster than they otherwise would have done. So that's me. And, and what drew you there? I'm guessing maybe if you work for Elevator, then perhaps they're looking for someone with an entrepreneurial leaning and maybe someone who's launched their own business or businesses. Why are you a good fit for them and they for you? I think it's because I am a failure. And Elevator, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. And well, Elevator promote failing. I mean, failing is an opportunity to learn how to do it right the second, third, fourth, fifth time. Um, so I've done many, many things, as Andrew will tell you, uh, you kind of have a running joke. It's like it's Tuesday. Who are you working for this week? Uh, so I have failed, failed many, many, many times to sort of get the experience to be able to do what I'm doing now. And um, I also, you know, I also have worked as a consultant as well and um, being entrepreneurial. And we've lit- literally myself and my wife have just bought a flat. We're going to Airbnb it. Um, so weirdly, Elevator itself talks about the side hustle and just about everybody that works for Elevator, they still have their, you know, their, 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 their irons in the fire and it's encouraged. And it was one of the kind of the first things that I was asked is like, what sort of things do you have on the outside? And um, oh yeah, I'm also, a, I work as a holiday guide as well. So if you want to come and see Donara Castle or, you know, eat good fish and chips in Stonehaven, then I'm your man. 
I forgot about that because there's so many different things going on. Because <laughs> that's just how it is at Elevator. We all have different balls in the air. So take us back to, to when you started networking. Obviously, it was before this role with, with Elevator. Was it you know when you're with Tiger Tiger, or was it even before that when you first started networking? God, I think I, I was born networking. To be honest with you, um, I've got. Uh, I, if if you could see me, you would see my arms all over the place. Uh, I'm a late diagnosis ADHD. So if you like, networking is my sweet spot for me. Uh, it's where I'm constantly looking for dopamine hits from talking to new people and being excited and going, hello, here's me. So being in a room full of people, having a chance to speak to different people every three or four minutes is just exactly where I think I'm meant to be. Um, oh God, I mean, even networking, even at school, I was you know the person that was in all the clubs at university, I was joining all of the different, um, all of the different societies. Uh, it's one of those weird ones where I, I suppose go, I've always been that person that in a Venn diagram seems to be in the middle of everything, a little <laughs> bit of this and a little bit of that, and me in the, me in the center. So that's what all. About, sorry. What about you put then when it's, uh, when it became your first business networking event, you know, with the Delta list and the name badge and all these things, you know, did you think, oh, hold on, I'm, I'm representing the business now. I need to do it differently. Were you daunted by that? Or did you just see that as an extension of the conversations, of the events that you'd had at school or university? That's a really good question. Um, I think I sort of fell into it. Uh, you know, um, Gary McCune, who's the boss of Elevator, has a, a saying that says that sometimes stupidity is not an obstacle, you know? And I think I just fell into it not knowing any better um, and, and muddling past and, you know, just getting along with what I thought worked. And, and then this is going to sound a bit cheesy, but I think it was would have been around about the time that I'd sort of met you, Andrew, and the way you do your structured networking. And you can actually see there's a, like an entire process to it. And it's a bit like I went sort of, I went back to university later on in life to study management. And I kind of thought, you know, reflecting back and how somebody who's like 17, 18 years of age could learn about management or business. It's really tough. Once you've done it for a while, well, then you can go back and you can go, ah, now I understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think it was a little bit like that. I was doing some of the things naturally just because that's how you do it, because I'd learned what was successful. Um, but there was a lot of things that I was doing, I would say, maybe not great. And, you know, it was nice to meet somebody like yourself who's a professional networker. And if you like, could show me uh, the way to do most of the things the right way rather than just muddling through. Has it always been employers you've been representing at networking events, Richard? No, it's been myself as well. I w that's a good question. I will say that, and you might be surprised to hear this, I find it far more difficult to represent myself than I do to represent somebody else. That's interesting. Why? Because if you're representing somebody else, it's you know it exists, it's there, and you're you're being faced or you're being the representation of that. When it's yourself, it's personal, you know. And if, if people are pushing back against it or you're getting any criticism, they're not criticizing this other thing. They're criticizing <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah. And it can feel quite, you know, I don't, scary, I suppose. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because when you go right the way back and say, I, I think I'm an elevator because uh, I fail a lot, mm -hmm. then someone pushing against your business and, and possibly sort of prodding around what you might perceive to be elements of failure that I wouldn't have thought that would have faced you too much. No, but you'd be surprised. You know, there are, there are introverted extroverts 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I work in an industry full of them. Um, there you well, go. Showtime. <laughs> yeah, ding. Well, so what sort of format then do you prefer when it comes to networking? I really don't mind. I'm quite happy for it to be, you know, not the same type all the time. I think Andrew, for example, in his networking is very aware of the fact that there's people who are from all different stages. Some are pros, you know, some are intermediates and some are starting out. And it can be daunting. It can be really, really daunting. You walk into a room full of people. So, and it was really bizarre and coincidental. I was speaking to somebody this morning and Andrew came up with a conversation and it was all good. It's all good. And it was very much, it was very much about how they had gone as a newbie and that Andrew had, if you like, buddied them up with somebody who'd done it for a wee while and helped them to kind of gently ease into it. And then, you know, who would you like to speak to? And I'll do an introduction for you. So, you know, I think having structured networking, I think it is really, really useful a uh, big room full of people is great in theory, you know, multiple targets for you to hit. But even for those that are seasoned, you know, um, entrepreneur, seasoned networkers, it can be daunting. It can be challenging because you have to work the room. And, you know, you may not, despite all of your research and prep, you may not actually know who is that person of three or four people in the room you really want to speak to. Um, and you might not get to them depending on the format. You know, even a room full of people, they could be boxed in with other people talking to them. So I think a structured environment, something like you know the, 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 M, the M4, everything that Andrew does, is when you're sort of guaranteed to speak to you know, everybody in the room or a percentage of people in the room before you go in there. And you potentially have the, op- the opportunity sometimes in advance to some of the other types to say, I would really love to speak to such and such a person. And then that can be built into the structure of the of the session as well. Over the years, how have you benefited from networking? Wow. Well, the job I have at the moment is as is one hundred percent as a result of networking. So I would say that I'm I'm a I'm I am a passionate, almost religious in my support for networking. I I see the benefits of it to myself and to people around me. Uh, when before I came into the position I'm at the moment at Elevator, uh, what happened was somebody who was doing the job before me, they uh, had left in their notice and Elevator were in a bit of a pickle because they wanted somebody who had education experience, some sort of experience working with schools, but they also wanted somebody who had experience in businesses and not just business, but in businesses and also had maybe something entrepreneurial going on about them. And it is literally because of me working the Aberdeen networking scene and being, as I say up here, a Kent face, people knew me. It was the fact that my my you know my my then and now boss, uh, Karen Clark, was able to go, hang on a second, I know a guy. Richard would be the, would be perfect for this because my networking wasn't just um, you know face to face and attending lots of events, but it was also a lot of online. So it's about maintaining that you know like um, that personal brand. So, you know, that that in itself is what got me the job. If I hadn't done that, then nobody would know who I am and I wouldn't have been offered the job. I wouldn't have been, you know, even thought of. I'll let you pick how you answer this, Richard, because it's it's kind of more than one question. So the overall question is, what's the one tip you give to a newbie networker, okay? Entering a, a room to network for the very first time. Mm-hmm. But coupled with that, and this is a bit you can choose whether you want to elaborate on or not. Sure. Have you arrived at this tip from going wrong yourself? And if so... How did you go wrong? Was it bad enough to be referred to as a networking disaster? Uh, yes. I, <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry, yes. that came out loud. Sorry, carry on. I, so I suppose it's about know your audience as well. Ah, okay. And I can be a little bit like a bull in a, in a, in a china shop. And I say Andrew's been laughing at this. 
So uh, if you, I have been in situations where I haven't done my prep, you know, I haven't really researched the room and I have maybe said the wrong thing to the wrong person, not understanding, or, you know, perhaps uh, been a little bit offhand in comments and things like that. Uh, and, you know, particularly in, in towns like Aberdeen, people know people, know people, know people. So you have to be very, very mindful of who's in the room and who knows who and who might then say to somebody, actually, I met a nice young fella today. And guess what he had to say? <laughs> and it's, it's not any badness in my part. It's just me being a little bit silly and a little bit facetious. So my, I suppose my advice would really be to do your, do your prep, do your research. Um, and until you know the room and know the people in the room, maybe wind it back a little bit. You know, it's nice to be memorable, but sometimes you need to be memorable for the right reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, key, key difference there. Have you missed in-person networking? Is it something that you'll be actively <sighs> encouraged to do? You'll be encouraging others to do as we get back to face-to-face -to -face events again? Uh, a million, I mean, what's the biggest number? Trillion percent. So uh, I've been delivering um, accelerator programs all on Zoom over the past 18 months. And, you know, you've got a potentially 15 entrepreneurs all starting up in their business world. And we can do all sorts of fantastic things on, on Zoom. We're doing it right now. You can do all sorts of fantastic things. But the one thing you cannot take away from the equation is, is that, that human contact. Even those, like, those uh, water cooler moments, you know, where you bump into someone and you talk about, you know, Coronation Street or Love Island, whatever's going on. And you, you get those human connections. And it's very difficult to do that. Uh, on screen or on phone calls and it's, it's just so difficult to do that you can't you can't see all of the body language um, and it, it's it's something that is, is very much missing and I think also as human beings because of how you know we are and going back thousands and thousands of years it's kind of being inside the tent being in the in the group it's that sense of belonging um, and you know that is gone that's 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 missing I cannot wait as I know I, I said earlier on about mistakes of being, you know, offhand or being facetious or things like that. But now I now I am offhand and facetious, but know the room I'm in. Uh, and I miss that. I miss being silly, cheeky me, making people laugh. And then for me, it's my way of being memorable. I'm the, the cheeky guy in the room, you know, and it doesn't work so well on Zoom, i got to say. <laughs> Given the companies you've represented over the, over the years, were you ever given any advice from any employers or managers regarding a network event or even given targets, you know, all the way down to were you ever told, you know, don't come back until you've got new business or don't come back unless you've got three new clients? Were you ever given any good advice or bad or unrealistic advice prior to going to a networking event? I suppose I'm quite lucky in, in the fact that I think just about everyone I've ever worked for or worked with have it's been me pushing the networking. You know, it's, I, I can't really remember a time where I was being forced or encouraged to do networking when I wasn't leading. So it's always been me saying we should do this and recognizing the importance of it uh, from that point of view. But I do know that there will be occasions when you go back and they say, right, you know, let's, let's look at your leads. You know, how much business have you done? Like, I've just had a cup of tea with some people. Yeah. They don't know me from Adam. This is the start of a journey. As we all know, those of us that, you know, perhaps work in sales, it's sometimes the 12th or 13th or 14th contact before you've, you know, people really do trust you and you build that relationship. So 
I've always understood, and I know it's something that Andrew talks about, is that networking is, is about building those initial relationships. It's getting people to trust you as a human being, as an individual. The business side of things is, is, is almost secondary. And that's just, I suppose, how we are. We're, we're animals, you know, we're social animals. And, you know, we want to see the whites of people's eyes. Uh, we want to, you know, find things that connect us. You know, about you know if our families are you know if we're into the same thing if you know the kids are at football together it's all those little connections that that we make that you can do in networking but you can't again it's it's an awkward conversation to start talking about you know kids going to gym class on zoom because people are now it's boxed into like your 30 minute meetings you know in and out do the deal and get out it's an it's an efficient way of doing things i think theoretically but i would question how efficient it's really being based on the outcomes rather than the number of meetings that you're having. Let me just double down on this, Andrew, because I'm going to guess that if you're a business owner, the very last thing you should be doing to an employee who's perhaps like a novice network, or even if they're experienced, is send them into a room with some sort of sales target for the night. I mean, these things hardly ever happen in the first meeting, do they? They sometimes do. It's a very, very small number of cases. Um, it could happen where, where a, yeah, what goes on a networking event these people have just met and a bit of business has been done. Now, it may be that they've met before. In fact, they've known each other for years or decades. And that happens is the confirmation of some business being done. It can be that somebody has been meaning to see somebody to ask them about business to sort of go to the same event and it falls into place. Or it could even just be one of these ones where it is right place, right time. But that happens in such a small minority of, of cases. I would always recommend that any employer or any business owner that's going networking, they should absolutely set sales targets over a considerable period of time for the consistent networking effort. So if there are 12 events, you know, one organization over a year, say, go as many as possible, this is going to cost X and time and money. And it would be great then if we were reviewing that, let's say in 18 months' time, that we would like to get X amount of business from this as a result of the time and financial investment. That gives focus. That's a good approach. But from one event, that is a non-starter. As Richard says, you're going there to have a cup of tea, start a relationship with somebody. If you see them consistently, they could go on and be your best client or introducer ever. You try and sell to them on event one, you may never speak to them ever again. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's a bit like those sort of unwelcome approaches you sometimes get on, on LinkedIn where someone will suddenly say, hey, here's the thing, here's my product. Yeah, that's, you know, oh, amazing, fantastic. And for me, it's a little bit like somebody knocking on your door, your front door, you open the door and they go, buy my product, buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just, it sends people, it sends people the other way. And that probably, I don't know if you'd agree with me, Andrew, is probably mistake number one from newbies. Is hey, let me tell you about me and my product. And you can see the person's like gently, it's still like that Homer meme. They're gently edging away, edging away, edging away, being followed around the room by this person who's still telling you about their fantastic way of saving you money. And they don't even know your name because they haven't asked. It is it's the number one mistake. But if nobody has, has taken the time to explain to them how relationship building works, you know, we'll understand why it happens. Richard, are you the, the perfect networker now that couldn't conceivably be any better or... How do you feel you can improve your networking skills from now on? So I am your typical person that thinks I'm pretty good at it, but I'm 100% aware of the fact that there's no such thing as a finished item. 
I suppose you're probably quite close to it, Andrew, quite close to it. <laughs> uh, so as much as I talk the good talk, I know when it comes to networking, that preparation is key. That, And I think sometimes that uh, we're, well, I'm guilty anyway of I know I'm going to a networking event and maybe looking at the the, the sheet of people who are going there, if I, if I get it last minute and not having the chance really to go through it and see, and see the connections that I have with these people and not necessarily prepare you know, as in I'm not going to prepare a specific pitch for each of those people, but have an idea in my head, you know, the types of conversations I would like to have with these people. And it might not be a sales conversation. It might just be, I know this person is interested in something and I've got an interesting tale to tell them about that thing. It might just about building connections. I think, I think more importantly, those are the follow-ups and it always amazes me. And I'll be honest with you, I do it a lot of the time. I don't do it all of the time. But it does amaze me the amount of people that go to networking events, they've paid a lot of money or their company have paid a lot of money and they kind of go, oh, that's me done, ah, grand. They, they don't even follow up on the, the contacts that they've made, at, you know, in the first instance. And second of all, they don't do anything with those follow-ups to make, make themselves stand out from the crowd. Because you know that some of those people are going to do follow-ups. But why are you going to be special when you do the follow-up? And I think, to be honest with you, sometimes, and I'll, I'll say it's tough, time tight but sometimes i don't put as much effort into um making those follow-ups as, as special or as individual as they might be and giving that person a reason to want to you know keep connected with me it doesn't have to be a business reason it you know if they mentioned something in a conversation about i don't know but new tires for the car and i've said oh have you seen these new tires you know it's something that links in and makes me makes them think oh wow he was really listening to me even if it's got nothing to do with what they're selling or, or what area of business they're in. Do you know, you were saying that you think that, that Andrew is close to being the, the perfect networker. I'll tell you what he'll do directly after this conversation uh, and we stop recording. He's going to come back to you and say, that person you were talking about, uh, me too, uh, this morning, who, who was that? And, and you know, when you were talking to them, was it, what were they saying? Was there something wrong with the biscuits at the, uh, the, uh, the in-person interviews, the in-person meetings? Was there something wrong with the coffee? And he'll try and improve whatever it is. Not that there's necessarily a complaint there, Andrew, but you know what I'm saying. That is episode four in season two of Cows Not Cow, how to make your networking really work. The herd is heard. Our aim is to help you on your networking journey through showcasing the journeys of others, like Richard, perhaps similar to your own. We'll highlight people at various stages on that networking process, and every single one of them has value to share with you. Next time, we meet Graham Forbes of Precise Communications. In the meantime, if you want to catch up with any of our podcasts so far from Season 1 or Season 2, make sure you follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out there everywhere. And please feel free to rate and review our podcast as well. If you'd like to find out more about Andrew, the art of networking, or the networking scene in Aberdeen, Scotland, check out abnworks.co.uk for some more networking blog tips that's abnworks.co.uk and you'll find andrew on linkedin as well where he's always happy to make new connections and chat about people's networking questions experiences and challenges search andrew smith from aberdeen business network on linkedin we'll see you next time and thanks for listening